1: Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. We're a few days away from the new year. Uh, I just can't believe 2023 is almost here. It, it just seems like it was 2020. <laughs> um, the past few years have been really strange and um, some parts have just flown by um other parts felt like they were taking forever um but it just all kind of seems like one big blur in my mind and that's not necessarily how i want to look back on the past years many of us might already be making resolutions of what we want to focus on and accomplish in the new year in fact on next week's podcast episode we're sharing our quilting goals for the year but it's just as important to slow down and reflect on the past year of quilting. Reflection allows us to remember more, see challenges we overcame, to track progress, to see patterns in our quilts, and to foster a sense of pride in our work. So I'm going to share some prompts to think about as we end the year. If you'd like, you can write these questions down on a piece of paper uh, so you can think about them more or journal about them later on. How many quilts did you start in 2022? How many quilts did you finish in 2022? Did you start a lot more than you finished? What's your favorite quilt you made this year? And why was it your favorite? Was it the colors, the fabrics, the pattern, the technique, or even the memories of making it? What was the most challenging quilt you made this year? What were your feelings while you were making it? Frustration? Determination? Happiness? Anger? Pride? How did charity or gifting play into your quilting hobby this year? Do you enjoy making gifts or charity projects? Do these projects bring any challenges? How has your fabric stashed changed in the past year? Did you use a lot up? Did you buy more? Has your style or favorite colors changed? What trends do you see in your quilts from this year? A specific color you've used often? A pattern or block you use frequently? A holiday or season you sewed a lot for? A size of quilt you've made the most? What did you learn this past year? A new technique or skill? A new block? A new trick or hack for better sewing? How did learning something new make you feel? Inspired? Creative, frustrated, challenged, excited? How has community played a role in your quilting journey this year? Did you belong to a quilt group? Find a connection at a local quilt shop or in a Facebook group? Have your non-quilting family and friends been supportive? What can you count on your quilty friends for? And what did you bring to your quilty relationships? And lastly, what are you most proud of in your quilting life this year? So I'm looking forward to diving into these questions myself this upcoming week. I think it will be really eye-opening, and it might even lead the way to some new New Year's resolutions So if you want to share any of your answers with me or anything that you were surprised by, please send me an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. I always love hearing from our listeners. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing details of our 2023 UFO challenge and a heartwarming story of quilting making a difference in a community. Welcome back. I want to share a few details of our UFO challenge, which starts January 1st. So in the quilting world, UFO stands for unfinished object. So if you're an avid quilter, you probably have a stack of unfinished projects. You know, whether you ran out of time, you didn't have the right materials, or you just got sick of the quilt, uh, unfinished projects can pile up easily And they take up a lot of space. So, back in 2015, we started the UFO challenge uh, for our staff as kind of a way for us to prioritize finishing older projects. And at that time, we opened it up to our readers too, since we thought maybe it was something others could relate to. And the challenge just went crazy and took off. um, And we're on our ninth year now. And the system we've developed to finish projects works. And so many people have joined in for support and inspiration. So if finishing projects is on your resolution list this year, this challenge is for you. So here's how the challenge works. You download the UFO challenge list on our website, and we will link to that in the show notes. Then you fill in 12 projects that you want to finish this year. You can choose from any of your UFOs. And embroidery, knitting, crochet, any other crafts can count towards your list too. On the first day of each month, we randomly draw a number 1 through 12, and we post it on our website and we announce it on social media. And that number will correspond with which number project you work on throughout the month. And at the end of the month, you can mark down your progress on the tracking sheets we have. You can post photos for everyone to see. Um, We do have a hashtag that's APQResolution if you want to see the thousands of quilts that have been finished with this challenge. Um, We also have a private Facebook group you can join. And by the end of the year, you'll have 12 finished projects, hopefully. Uh, Or you'll at least have made a significant dent in your stack of UFOs. So I started this project back in 2015 with the rest of our staff. And I have officially eliminated all of my UFOs. Uh, In fact, I haven't had a UFO for three years now. So I kind of dug myself out of that UFO hole. And this challenge taught me some great skills for how to finish what I start. It's a really fun challenge. Uh, It feels very supportive. Um, So I hope our listeners join in. If you have UFOs, Um, it'll be really helpful for everyone. So we will link to all those details in the show notes so that you can get ready before January 1st. Okay, now I'm handing the mic over to Allison for Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where we share uplifting stories of quilters making a difference.
2: Take it away, Allison. Alice Hikins, a resident of Indiana, knows just how much the simple gift of a handmade blanket can change lives. When her parents were in palliative and hospice care toward the end of their lives, she noticed how much happiness and warmth blankets gave them. After they passed, Alice wondered how she could honor their memory. Her solution was to create blankets to give to others going through end-of-life stages. She remembered her parents always being cold and wrapped in blankets, So she wanted to provide the same warmth and comfort to others. When she saw a Facebook post from Main Street Hospice calling for blankets, she jumped into action. Fabric and yarn are my therapy. When I'm making a blanket, I'm thinking of a person who might be using them. I'm hoping that they'll feel valued, that someone made something for them, and I hope it's helpful to the family, she said. Alice has been making fleece blankets for patients at Main Street Hospice in Franklin whenever she has free time. Each blanket is made with specific patients in mind. She uses a variety of prints, styles, and colors to ensure she has something for everyone. Debbie Adams, schedule coordinator at Main Street Hospice, said, I can call her and say, I have a patient who was a truck driver mechanic. Do you have any of the material with tools on it? And she'll have it for me in a couple of days. It's the personal touch that really makes Alice's fleece blanket special. I can do some basic sewing, but I'm not a seamstress by any stretch of the imagination, said Alice. Each full-size blanket takes a couple of hours to make. It's my therapy. I love it. I like to do things with my hands. It feels productive. Once Alice has completed a stack of blankets, she brings them to Main Street Hospice to distribute to their patients. All of her frequent visits have allowed her to bond with employees and form personal relationships. One of the workers had a friend end up in the hospital following a serious car accident, and Alice volunteered to make them a blanket. My friend didn't take it off the entire time, said the hospice worker, and Alice wouldn't take anything for that blanket. I stood here and cried. She stood here and cried. For a 26-year-old young lady who had been in the hospital for two months, it meant the world to her. Alice plans on making blankets for as long as she can. Not only has she impacted the lives of those around her, but she has also had a profound effect on herself. I love the idea of helping a patient and their family for what are probably some of the most difficult moments. Anything I can do to bring a little bit of comfort and help them realize that others care for them brings me great joy. Thanks so much,
1: Allison. And thanks so much to Alice for her amazing work bringing comfort to those in the hospital. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, I'm answering a listener question. And we're sharing some self-care sewing tips. Welcome back. Now it's time for Ask Us Anything, a segment where we answer our listeners' most pressing quilting questions. And this question comes from Nancy. She says, I'm new to quilting. My grandchild asked me to make a quilt with fairies on it. We found a fabric we liked with fairies about six inches in length. If I am using four-inch squares, some of the fairies' heads or bodies will inevitably be cut. In this case, would you not use that fabric or do some people ignore this? I think I don't like the idea. A friend of mine thinks I'm being silly. Are there any standards about this in the quilting world? world? Great question, Nancy. Um, It is up to you whether you're comfortable with the fairies being cut for your quilt um, I know many quilters who aren't bothered by those type of motifs being cut off um, I've made many quilts over the years where I've noticed later on that um, like an animal or a person in the print was you know missing a head or an arm <laughs> but those are small prints and are less noticeable in a quilt so since your fairy prints are so large at that six inch side size like if you decide to use them in your four inch blocks You'll probably want to use a technique called fussy cutting to cut each fairy individually for your blocks. So for instance, you probably don't want to cut your fairies heads off, so it might be better to cut their legs off. It isn't the best use of your fabric to do fussy cutting. It does cause some waste um, since you can't just cut pieces all in a line, but that's a technique I've used often when I'm using animal or people motifs to frame inside a block. But if you don't like the look and you're worried that your grandchild might be sad if some of the fairies are cut, I think it's best to use that fairy print as a backing or even as a border print so your grandchild can still enjoy the fabric in its entirety. So if you've never fussy cut something before, I will link to a how-to in our show notes. Um, and if any listeners have a question for us to answer on the show, send me an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Now I'm handing the mic over to Doris for Handwork Happiness, a segment where we share tips for handwork. Take it away, Doris. This is
0: Doris, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about how I enjoy many kinds of handwork, including English paper piecing, hand piecing, and embroidery. There's a lot more to it than just creating something beautiful, fun, or adorable, though. For me, it's one of the ways I practice self-care. This time of year, as we wind down from the holidays and enter a season of less daylight and not always desirable weather, It's important to be aware of your mood. Take note if you're feeling depressed or more anxious. Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. Practicing self-care can help keep it under control. But for many, this is not just a seasonal issue. Many people deal with anxiety issues no matter the time of the year, and doing something with one's hands is a proven treatment for anxiety and other issues. Employing your hands with handcrafts can help you turn off your brain and let your hands take over. Your brain focuses on following a certain order of steps in crafting and creating a project in order to achieve a successful result. Doing handcrafts can help lower your blood pressure, improve your mood, and stimulate your brain. Handwork can indeed have the same effect on our bodies as meditation and similar mindfulness practices. Just working at a slower pace with your hands and focusing on your next stitch not only stimulates the brain, but can help lower your blood pressure and improve your mood. Crafts such as hand sewing, embroidery, knitting, hand quilting, and cross-stitch can provide stress relief, a sense of accomplishment, reduce your anxiety, provide a connection to tradition, and enhanced confidence. Slowing down and focusing on a handwork project can lift the chaos of the day-to-day rush and quiet your thoughts. The repetitive hand movements are calming. Stitch by stitch, you're slowly constructing and creating something. And with creation comes confidence and pride with positive effects on one's self-esteem. When I was a child, my mother taught me to cross-stitch and I was instantly hooked. I loved being able to take my projects with me everywhere including our and road trips to visit my grandparents. Even as a child, I could appreciate the portability of the craft, the relaxing rhythm of the stitches, and the satisfaction of making something appear from those tiny X's. When I was a teenager, she taught me how to hand quilt using a cheater panel. My next hand quilting project came when I added backing and batting to a vintage coverlet that my grandmother gave me. That quilt went to college with me, and I still have it. I'm amazed that I found the time and the patience to sit and do this as a teenager. But looking back, I can see that my handwork projects provided me a coping mechanism for navigating some tough years. By picking up my handwork and busying my hands, I could turn off the anxious thoughts racing through my mind. I was practicing self-care without even being aware of it. I came back to quilting and embroidery in my late 20s after completing my graduate degree, and I haven't stopped. There are, of course, other forms of self-care that can help boost your energy as well as your mood. Sitting outdoors and absorbing some vitamin D works wonders. Being surrounded by nature restores mental focus and helps ward off depression and stress. Keeping a gratitude journal is another way to achieve this. Write down what you're thankful for every day. Gratitude directly relates to happiness. And another practice is to design a place of peace for yourself, some place you could go to every day to relax, reflect, and just breathe. Let's face it, for crafters, that might just be your sewing room or even your favorite chair where you go to stitch or knit. So now that you've heard all of this, are you interested in finding projects for trying out hand stitching? We have several slideshows of projects on our website with free downloads available. I'll add some links to the show notes, but you can head to allpeoplequilt.com and type in the search bar hand sewing or embroidery projects. Also, we have a special issue titled Handwork Happiness available at apqshop.com. This magazine is filled with handwork projects, including wool applique, hand applique, hand embroidery, English paper piecing, and more. There are some good beginner projects in there as well as projects for more advanced crafters. I'd love to hear about your handwork projects and your thoughts on sewing or quilting for self-care. Send me an email or follow me on Instagram at madebyabrunette to see my projects and send me a message from there. I'm always interested in hearing what others enjoy about stitching or sewing
1: by hand. Thanks, Doris. We'll link to some resources in the show notes for some different types of handwork. And that's it for today's show. So we're planning a podcast episode in January about storage hacks and organization tips. So if you have any ideas, please email them to us at apqpodcast@meredith.com. at meredith.com. That email is listed in the show notes. We can all use more storage tips in our lives. So please send over any you have, um, I'm redoing my sewing space right now. So I am on the lookout for great storage tips. Everyone have a great week and an amazing start to 2023. I will chat with you all next year.